0: Hello everyone, it's Chris from The Full 40 with Chris and Rob, part of the Stay Tuned Network, brought to you by Nova Insider. We have for you another special edition of The Full 40, our two-part interview with Chuck Everson of the 1985 National Championship team. As I record this intro today, it is the evening of March 31st, which not sure I believe means the decade that has been This month of March 2020 finally comes to an end today. We are dropping part one now and we'll drop part two tomorrow, April 1st, 2020, which of course is the 35-year anniversary of the monumental win over Patrick Ewing's Georgetown Hoyas to secure Villanova's first national championship. We recorded this podcast in late February and originally planned to drop this podcast shortly after Selection Sunday. That, of course, was before the world got turned upside down. From us here at The Full 40, and I know I speak for both the extended Stay Tuned and Nova Insider families, we sincerely hope that you and yours are home and safe during these troubling times. Speaking from my own perspective... I spent the last two Sundays watching the 2016 and 1985 championship games and following the guys and other fans as we all interacted on Twitter as sort of an escape from everything going on. And in those short few hours, I was whisked away from the enormous challenges of today and was reminded of the sense of community that, at least for me, made going to Villanova the second best choice, proposing to my wife being number one, that I have ever made in my life. What I hope is that listening to this episode is that you get that same feeling as well. Listening to Chuck talk about his time at Villanova and the relationships he's built throughout the years is kind of like a chicken soup for the soul of sorts. There are a lot of laughs and a lot of really fun moments in this podcast, but there are also a lot of emotions and weight, especially as Chuck talks about his relationships with both Roly Massimino and Jake Nevin. Rob and I say this all the time. We want to tell the Villanova story through the lens of Villanova basketball. Chuck is the personification of that Villanova basketball family. And in that regard, there's no better storyteller for the Villanova story. Look, we know what we are, a Villanova basketball podcast. We are aiming to have fun and we know there are a lot of more important things going on in the world, especially right now. But while we must stay physically distant at home, we have the tools to have a community. And boy, do we need it now more than ever. So hopefully our podcast can give you a little bit of that sense, even if it's a fleeting distraction from what's going on in the world. If it does, our only request is that you share it with your friends, family, and anybody you think might enjoy it. Thanks to Chuck Everson for joining us on this podcast. And thank you so much for listening. Rob and I really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. Enjoy the show. Now, take it away, Jim Nance. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It's The Full 40 with Chris and Rob, part of the Stay Tuned Network with D-Ray, brought to you by Nova Insider. It's a special edition of The Full 40. We're excited. We're always excited. Yeah, we're always excited, but we're super excited this time. We're sitting here with Chuck Everson, who was a 1986 graduate. Yep, 86. And a 1985 national champion. Thank you for coming on.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to see you guys again. That's great. I can't wait to uh, get started. Yeah,
0: so you know, you know we've, you've heard the, the D Ray episode and the Shaq episode, so you kind of get the what we do here. Uh, but we're what, what we pretend to do, right? what we try to yeah. do here. But, <laughs> but we try to tell the Villanova story through a Villanova basketball lens. Um, and we want everyone to get everyone who comes on here to get a chance to tell their story. The Number one thing to start that we always start with is kind of give us your background, kind of where you grew up, etc.
1: Well, I grew up uh, in Brentwood, Long Island, uh, which is kind of it's in Suffolk County, which kind of in the cent- central Long Island kind of. Yeah, um, I have uh, literally a big family. Uh, I have two brothers. My brother Tom played at Rutgers. My brother Steve played at Lafayette. Both of them. Tom's like six ten. Steve's seven foot. I played at Nova. I'm technically seven foot you know roughly Uh, depends on the day and uh, (laughs) mom and dad were both big my father was six foot eight he played uh, ball in the army a little bit so he was instrumental in helping us with our game you know and uh, my mom is uh, six foot so it was a big you know it was it was crazy uh, traveling around to games and stuff it would see all these giants piling out of this van every time (laughs) we showed up so
0: it yeah, was it was like, run. because the cars only got so big kind of in the last we, 20 years. We had a
1: big green van with right. these, like, my, I don't know where they got this material, but my mother made curtains for, like, the side of the van. So yeah, it was, yeah. like, orange and green curtains. And, like, so if you, it was a very distinct van. So you yeah. knew when that pulled up, there was, <laughs> there was people coming out that was pretty
0: big. That's amazing. So, That's yeah. funny. Yeah, because one of the things that Rob and I were just commenting on was was we had, did a podcast with D-Ray, who's, like, 6'8". Yeah. Yeah. And you tower over him.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Six eighths the size of the door that we just walked through. You know, that's why. Yeah, I know exactly how far I have to duck to get in and right. out, and right? All that stuff.
0: Um, so you grew up on Long Island, so yep. we're fellow Long Islanders. Yep. Um, just
1: an outcast here. Yeah.
0: Well, Rob just, is from Appalachia. Well, we don't right. hold
1: that against you. Yeah, okay. yeah.
0: He's from Pittsburgh, but I call it Appalachia. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the basketball scene like going going back? Is guess in the late seventies, early eighties on Long Island.
1: You know, it, it's funny you said that because I just was at um, Brentwood. Just played for my my old high school. Just played uh, last night for the Suffolk County title, and we beat uh, Northport.
2: Oh, congrats! And,
1: yeah, and uh, they got a really good team. And um, so it, to watch them, it, it's totally different because when I played back when you when you're talking about in the early '80s, they um, every team had one or two really really good players. So you you got into so it was night like we were playing Walt Whitman, we were playing Alex Agudio or we were playing, you know, um, Tom Schreier or you know, or Eric Wilkerson from Sachem or so it was like you it was you were playing it was like you against the other guy, kinda. It was kinda weird but it was Uh, but the basketball was really good and and those were the days where, you know, we'd go out to the park and play. You know, like nowadays kids work out with guys like Jerry Powell and, and people like that on Long Island. Really good basketball trainers, but you, you got your training in the street, you go out and you ride your bike, you go play in the park, and uh, you'd be there for six, seven, eight hours playing. Mm-hmm. And then if I did a move, let's say I went by you on a spin move or something, Chris, right? I mean, it, it was by accident. It was just out of necessity that I got past you. Right. I would then go home and work on that move so I can try it out at the park the next day when I went back to the park. Huh so it was it was a practicing is
0: really like on the fly
1: yeah it was totally different and you and you know you learned a lot you learned about leadership you learned about you know teamwork and camaraderie and stuff doing it that way rather than you know training you know these other guys can when you go to a trainer they can't tell you when to use a move they're showing you all the moves and these kids don't know when to use it so you see it's like it's like static it's like it's not fluid you know so uh you know, when you go to the park, it's a whole different experience. And then you have to play to win because you know you don't want to sit out for three or four games. That's the last thing you want to do is get on a crummy team and you got to sit out. Cause, oh like, yeah, because
0: you play in like winter stays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: So, yep. It's
0: pretty cool. So did you? So it was all through the schools. There was no like travel team. AAU hadn't been a thing at that point.
1: No, um, AAU really wasn't a big thing. Like right. we, there was a uh, when I was a little kid, uh, I started out playing, like, in-house like in in house basketball, they had a thing called BYA, Brentwood Youth Activities. Okay. So, we played in that as an eight-year-old. My brother was on the team with me. He was seven, so it was a seven- and eight-year-old team. And I was just telling a friend about this yesterday, because uh, I was pissed because there was an all-star game, and um, my brother made the team, and I didn't, because they had to have one eight-year-old and one seven-year-old, right. not because they had the two best I was probably the second best kid on the team. We have a kid. This kid, uh, Tim, was really, really good back then. But so my brother still gives me grief for that to this day. We still <laughs> you know, we still go over that. T- you, Tim, however, is not. Tim, on a podcast Tim is a. About Tim's his a champion. no. He's yeah. not. He's not on a podcast. He's a nurse actually uh, in New okay. York. He's got a, a big family. And it's funny because I I was a referee uh, a few years ago. I reffed and. Uh, they announced the starting five, and they said Tim Darby, and I went, "No way!" And I look over across the thing, and he's sitting in the front row. So we got that's to, pretty wild. We got to reconnect. That is funny. wild. Yeah.
0: Well, I feel like that's your thing. Mean, we want to get we want to get into this because you're kind of you know everybody.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. It, it seems like you just
0: know everybody. I mean, we've seen you just like, like we got to actually officially meet you a few weeks ago yeah. um, when we met for lunch, but like I've seen you everywhere. Now, you're easy to pick out in the crowd. Yeah, I can't hide. (laughs) But but I've seen you just like at the Villanova events before the games, on the road to the Mm -hmm. national championship, the whole nine. So how did you get engaged with Villanova? Like, what was the recruiting experience like going back? Because nowadays, it's like people are like, I feel like Jay Wright's reaching out to people in like, you know, 8th grade, like and and starting to get people on people's radar.
1: Well, like you had mentioned, there was really no AAU back then. You know, it was really you had to go to basketball camp and then the bigger the camp, um you you'd have coaches sitting on the side of the hill watching, they'd, they'd be in the stands watching, and that's where that people saw you play. So I would go to a bunch of camps over the summertime and then they would show up um for um you know, your summer league games and stuff like that. But where I came from uh, in Brentwood, it was a very big uh, athletic community. Like, I don't know, like this, I don't know how many schools have this. Like, before we get into what you're saying, like, so at, at my high school, we have... An Olympic gold medal winner, Mitch Kupchak,
0: right. who's you know right. who oh, the yeah, GM yeah.
1: for the Lakers. He's numerous NBA championship rings.
2: Right. So I Mitch, Mitch I used, used to work with that. us. Since I'm from Long Island, even. Mitch
1: that. used yeah. to work with me since I'm ten. So right. I, so Mitch and I oh, are good uh, friends. When I played on that team, I was telling you about that seven and eight year old mm-hmm. team. Davy Martinez was on my first travel team, who just won the World Series with right. the with the Nationals. <laughs> right. Right. So Davy played with us. He's from Brentwood.
0: So you got a World Series winner. We got we got a
1: Super Bowl winner. You know, uh, a guy's last name is Brown. He played with the uh, Green Bay Packers.
0: Okay, back in the what was back it? Back in years? Blackwood, Farv. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: So he played with them. So we had uh, a, a boxing champion, Buddy McGirt, was a good high school buddy of mine. You know, he was the he's a boxing Hall of Famer now, and he's junior right. welterweight champion of the world, and uh, numerous uh, numerous guys. So we have we have a gold medal, the NCA ring, the NBA rings. World Series rings a Super Bowl ring you know movie stars rap singers EPMD were guys that came out of there Biz Markie came out of there right you know so I still talk to Biz actually so uh, oh that's you know, awesome so it's all these guys that come out of there it. so it's kind of a diverse melting pot you know right you, got, you really got to know how to deal with all different kinds of people mm-hmm. you know and um, so through that you know now you you, you you play amongst all these athletes now you got to go to these camps and that's where, um, you know, I got, I, you know, people saw me play. And there was one camp in particular I went to, which was up in the Poconos, which Coach Mass ran. It was his camp. So we went there as a team. So you would have teams from all over the place, and they had an incredible uh, array of talented players there. Like right. Just guys that you might have heard of from the Big East, uh, Raphael Addison and mm-hmm. Andre Hawkins, who both mm-hmm. went to Syracuse, a guy named Len Bias. Yep. Oh, right? yo. yeah. yeah. You know. Uh, Troy Webster, who played at George Washington, Mike Brown, who wound up being in the NBA for a little bit, so there, there was there was a bunch of guys there, and some of the guys would be waiters at the at the camp for lunches and breakfasts and stuff, and and some of us just went with your team. So if you know, it was depending on how you can afford it or whatever. Yeah. So huh. so what happened was they used to have a uh, an extra help session at seven in the morning. Okay. So you can go down and go. So I decided I'm going to go. Now, there's no alarm clocks. There's no cell phones to wake up. You had to just wake <laughs> up when it was time to go. Right. So you really weren't sleeping because you're like, okay, you, you, keep, you my head keeps going off. Is it time yet? Is it time yet? Is it time? So I would go down to these workouts every morning and coach would ride up with Mitch Bonaguro in his golf cart and, and see me there. Mm-hmm. And then I was there the next day. And the next day. And the next day. So he he went in and grabbed my high school coach and said, Hey, we, we need to we need to get serious about this kid. We want to talk to him. We wanna and you know, once I heard him speak And that was all
0: because of the effort and the dedication. The effort and the
1: work the work effort and, right. and, and how much time I was putting in. And there was no I was the only one that was consistently there every day. Hmm. Like there was different guys that would show up on different days, but I was there every day.
0: You were like back then. You were like the Kyle Lowry now, who shows up in the yeah in, in the summer at like five thirty in the morning. Yeah, you know? but
1: without without Kyle's enormous talent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so yeah, so I would go to this and uh, and, and that's how I, I got you know that's how he formed. And then when he spoke to the camp. I was sitting there, and I would just say to myself, "Oh my, oh my God! I got, I got to play for this guy." Right. I was really in. I was really into his message that he was talking about the family stuff and all that stuff. Right, and I, I actually went home in eighth grade. I actually went home. Remember, I remember distinctly. I went home and spoke to my dad. I said, "I'm, I'm going to play for that guy." Right. He okay. Goes, so well, you, you better are... start practicing because they're pretty good.
0: So.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, so you were, so you were interested and in, you wanted to go to Villanova. You had your, because of Rowley, you had your... Yeah, I mean, I was that. open
1: to everybody because it was a big recruiting process. But, right. I mean, yeah, Villanova was high on my list, that's for sure.
0: And this is like 81, 82? Uh,
1: well, no, it was earlier than that. I was in eighth grade when I, when I started uh, going there. Oh, okay. So the first time I heard him speak was I was in eighth grade. So, I, God, that's probably... And Roly Roly took
0: over in the late '70s, right?
1: I think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. That's that's right.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it, it was uh, it was one of those um, it was one of those things. So I mean, I fell in love with it right away, and uh, luckily it worked out.
0: All right. So you did that, and then and then you got on coach's radar, and then you were going through the recruiting process in high school. So tell us a little bit about that. What other schools were you looking at?
1: I took three visits. I went to Rutgers, Syracuse, and Villanova. So, so all Big East? All, well, at the time, Rutgers was A10. Rutgers was A10. You know, Maryland uh-huh. was very high on my list, too. You know, but, but Lefty came out to uh, a couple of our games, right. and he's driving with me. He, he offered to take me to the, my game, so my parents went in their van, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. and my coaches were with my parents, and I drove with him. And I, I, looked at my coach that uh, was handling all the recruiting, and I said, I can't play for this guy. He goes, What do you mean? I go, He's nuts. I go, He's, he's driving, and he's telling me about Maryland. He's looking over his shoulder at me. God. He's not watching the road, and we're <laughs> running red lights, stop signs. <laughs> you know, I go, He almost got me killed. I'm trying to play a game, and I, you know, so he was a little bit out there, um, you know. And then Rutgers, I liked, but it was too, it was gigantic, you know. Right. And, and it's Rutgers. Yeah, and it's Rutgers, and I, and you know. <laughs> My brother eventually wound up going there, so we had our fill of Rutgers at our house. So okay. that was good. Yeah. Then I, I went to Syracuse on a visit, and the visit uh, was was interesting because Dwight Wilbur was on the same visit as me. Hmm. So we roll up. My whole family goes when I went on this thing. So we roll up, and Beheim makes a comment. Like, they took us to the sandwich place for lunch. He said they blew the whole budget of <laughs> meals <laughs> for the whole year when the Everson family rolled <laughs> into this place. You know, so... Uh, yeah, so I went was there. Was it Boston Chops? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But he's got, like, his personality is very, like, you know, he doesn't have much of one, honestly. No. No.
0: That's very interesting.
1: He's very, like, and it was funny because the guy that ran my recruiting um, was a guy named Steve Rochester who's still coaching at Brentwood High School now. He volunteers. Wow. He's he's retired. He was my social studies okay. teacher. See, because at Brentwood there was two schools. There was Sondling and Ross, you know, and it was one, and there was two athletic programs so and then my senior year they put it back together again so the huh. the dynamic there was a little crazy you know my wife went to sonderling okay. i went to ross right and you, you we're met still your a wife in high school, school, in high school. Yeah. yeah yeah kathy and i have been together since high school yeah oh, so awesome. so this guy steve rochester was a social studies teacher i you know, I trusted him with everything because now i had a new coach my senior year they put the teams back together again mm-hmm. i played for a guy named marty rigger who uh, went on to do things with the knicks and and other stuff and he's and um, we we're still have a close relationship. In fact, a lot of the times we used to go down to Florida to see Coach Mass, Marty would be there too. So it was great for me. I got to hang out with my high school coach and my college coach at the same time, you know, while we were all around and stuff. It was it was really cool. But was awesome. he wasn't there any longer because somebody else got the job when they put the team together. So I didn't trust that guy because I didn't really know him. So I oh. had Coach Rochester handle my recruiting.
0: Hmm. Oh, you just had him see it all the way to the yeah. finish. Yeah, and okay. he
1: was a manager... Syracuse, when Beheim was a player at Syracuse, oh, wow. he was on the. He was there when Dave Bing played there, and he, you know, right. And he was he was, um, Bernie Fine was an assistant coach on that team, and Bernie and him were roommates. Bernie was a manager on the team as well. Okay. so that was the tie into Syracuse. So I, Syracuse was pretty high on my list at mm. that time.
2: Right.
1: So the story goes, we 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 go up on our visit, and Dwight's there. You know, which I never met Dwight before. Mm-hmm. I, I Briefly, because he played at Coach Mass's camp, you know, right. back when we were getting recruited. So he was one of the guys that was there, too. And um, so we hung out a little bit, but not really. And uh, I, I stayed with a guy named Sean Kearns and Sonny Sperra. Sonny was the back, wound up being a backup to Pearl. <laughs> so, wow, you know, okay. unfortunately yeah. for Sonny, you know, he didn't get much time because of that. But Sonny was okay. a great player from the uh, Indicot area, of up, upstate yep, New York. Yep. And... Um, so Sonny says to me on the trip that at some point, he goes, man, you seem like a really good guy. You're a good kid and everything. And I said, yeah, well, thanks. You just, you don't want to come here. I said, what? Are you, what? I said, I thought you're supposed to be recruiting me to come here. Right. He goes, you don't want to play for Jim. You don't want to play for him. Okay. He goes, he's going to recruit over your head. He, he loves you now. You're going to get here and it's going to be, you're going to hate it. It's not going to be good. And wow. Sean Curran so- starts echoing his sentiments, you know.
0: Wow. Wow. So he's just. They're giving it to you
1: straight. They give it to me straight, as straight as you can get it. Which yeah. is a
0: blessing in disguise at yeah. the moment. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I go, okay. You know, but I kinda knew anyway that I wanted to play for coach. He could he could have been wherever. It didn't matter. It could have been Villanova or, you know, Mississippi somewhere or whatever. Right. But I would have played for him. But the so so this kinda made it easy for me. But the campus there was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot to do there at Syracuse, you know? Right. It's and, uh, yeah. And so uh, years later, my daughter's playing, his daughter's playing, he's coaching his daughter, I'm coaching mine. And uh, somebody says to me, hey, Sonny is over there. You know Sonny? I go, where is he? He's right there. <laughs> so I walk up to him. I go, hey, Sonny, I, I never got to say thank you. I shake his hand. He goes, yeah, how'd that work out? Yeah. <laughs> I go, yeah, pretty good. I said, thanks. Pretty good. So so Sonny hung out with CB and I at the 16. 16- uh, championships because oh, yeah, Syracuse we, was in Syracuse the final four, right? right? Right. So, so they hung out. We actually gave him a uh, a Villanova golf shirt. I said we made him an honorary wildcat, so we made him wear the shirt for the finals. <laughs> so he was in Villanova blue for the finals. Yeah, and, and I mean, we've been friends ever since. He probably
0: didn't want to root for UNC anyway. No, yeah. so we, and
1: we've been uh, friends ever since. So we we talk all the time. He's a dentist. He's got like five different offices up, up in in uh, upstate New York. Good know. friend. Yeah. yeah, he's doing really well. But That's great. so, but he said, don't don't come. You know, right. so, so my, my visit, um, I was trying to think about this over the, uh, over the last few days, I, you know, it was uneventful really at, at Villanova. I mean, I think I stayed with Mulkin okay. and, and John, and I'll talk more about those guys later when we get into the dynamics and stuff, yeah. but, um, you know, I, I stayed with those guys, went on the visit. They had an in-home visit, so everybody would come into your house, you know, to visit you. So I had guys like Jimmy Valvano and and, uh, Patino and, you know, Coach and and So there was a guy, uh, a coach, um, he was at Holy Cross, this guy. uh, And he said to me, in the recruiting process, like everybody give their shtick, you know. And a lot of times I was out playing, so they'd have to call me in from wherever I was and, you know, come in. You had an appointment to come in and meet this guy or
0: whatever. right.
1: So this guy would come in, and uh, he's telling me, how fast would you run if I told you to sprint from at baseline to baseline? I said, I'd run as fast as I could. He goes, well, how fast would you run if I was running behind you, screaming in your ear? My father goes, that's it, coach. Thanks for coming. Good to see you. There's the door. We're not going to play for you. You know, I'm like, wow. oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, it was weird, like weird stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you know, Jimmy Valvano, who's who's classic Italian. Right. You know, just like Coach Mass, pasta, mm-hmm. everything. My heritage is Norwegian. My mom doesn't make Italian food. Like, my mother-in-law used to make the best Italian food. (laughs) Right. But my mom... doesn't make that stuff she made this stuff called like zippy beef it was like hamburger helper and <laughs> macaroni and this you know it was it was like at the time i didn't think anything of it but now that i know who was there
2: right
1: it's kind of embarrassing that like, we're feeding <laughs> we're feeding jimmy Valvano zippy, zippy beef, beef. So, like, so what they, the they hell come for
0: like dinner right what's like, that they come for dinner like oh yeah you know, man they're out?
1: there i mean you know they're they're there for a while and, and if, if it's if it's around dinner time we're, we're not you know we're yeah. not gonna stop so yeah. come sit down you know it's that's it funny. Was, I
0: feel like coaches should be bringing the food to you. No, we. Uh, although we brought, it might be a violation. Maybe like, listen. <laughs> I,
1: at that point, he probably should have. I don't know. I've never talked to him about that until he, before he passed. But uh, yeah. I mean, he, that was one of those things. I, to this day, we laugh about that. You know, zippy beef that we fed to Jimmy Valvano. But uh, <laughs> that was that was a good visit. And then coach was great. He was dynamic, and he he talked about all the family values and all the different things. And Mitch Bonaguro was my guy, and Paul Colmier. Was Wyatt's guy Wyatt Maker, right? Right. So we we come in and it's getting down. You know, they they're trying to force your hand. Now. Everybody's like, "Well, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do?" So Paul and Mitch are together, uh, and they go, "Okay, Chuck, we're not taking both of you. We're not taking you and Wyatt. It's not gonna happen." I'm, okay. He goes, "Whoever signs first, that's who gets the deal." I go, "Put the paper down. I'll sign it right now."
0: Right. Yeah, you know, so you and call in- me, so what, what,
1: what I go, you know, I go what, what are you excited yeah. about? P- sign, put it down. I'm going to sign it right now. Put <laughs> it right down. So, so comer goes, well, we got to call Maker and see if he's coming. I go, no, you don't. No, 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 that's <laughs> you not. Said, the deal. You said whoever signs first, you're yeah. not going to take us both. Yeah, because we were essentially the same player, basically right. stats-wise and everything like that. You know, like. We always tease each other like he's the West Coast version of me, I'm the East Coast version of him. Right. People would call him Chuck, they'd call me Wyatt. Right. You right. wouldn't know. So they wind up just calling us the two big kids, which they still call us today. Coach <laughs> Master would say, "Bring the two big kids over." Yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, so so he they offer him I am I committed, they offer him he commits.
0: Right, because they probably gave him the reverse spiel. Yeah,
1: so I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah. So now, first, my first, uh, it, you know, my first experience is like, "This isn't good," you know. Right. Yeah. But it was a thing between Corms and Mitch, you know. So, uh, you know, and there was no email or anything back then. No, you know? no. So I get a snail mail letter from him because <laughs> he's going to room with me now. So not only were we like, okay. I, I I I'm I'm ready to go to school and and try to play for backup minutes because John Panone who was an All American, is the center. Right. I am not getting close to getting you know playing time. In, in fact, in actuality, if if it was today's standards, they probably would have redshirted one of mm-hmm. us. You know. Right. Probably me at the at the time. You know. Um, to you know before you played. So, so we're playing. So now I'm living with this guy all right and he's sending me notes and uh, about you know we got a splitter fridge i'm sure you like to eat like i do i'm sure you know it's like the really like you know yeah. the note, then then we change phone numbers so i'm calling him he's calling me so we we kind of got to be friendly before we got there but now we're playing for the same 4 or 5 minutes of backup time yeah, you know right. we're in the same we're in the same spot so same we spot eat together sleep together yeah. he's the first guy i see in the morning the last guy i see when i go to bed we shower together we play ball together we do everything together right so it got like we were going to kill each other at at some point at some point right. you know and uh it actually uh it actually escalated on at Sullivan Hall like somebody had swords and there was uh some kind of beverages. Man, I about. love this
0: story. Yeah,
1: and, and and we're like swashbuckling in the in the hallway with swords, with, <laughs> with like sword fighting in the, in like with real swords.
0: It's like the most college story ever. Yeah, and <laughs> and
1: so like this this other guy who was on the cross team came with a lacrosse stick and started whacking the hell out of both of us with lacrosse sticks. Like, what are you guys crazy? You are gonna <laughs> kill each other? Yeah. And we start laughing. That was
0: the quote unquote RA. The time yeah, player. yeah. We start laughing and yeah. hug
1: it out. But uh, you know, it worked out. It worked out well. And then you know, then. You know, so I committed there thereafter, and uh, and went down, and we got to see them play too. I mean, my first experience with at a Villanova game was that uh, Northeastern game they played at the Nassau Coliseum, right? And they had uh, Perry Perry Moss or Perry, something something Perry. I forget the guy's name, but okay. the guy went off. It was triple Perry overtime. Ellis from Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was still playing back in. He then, was still yeah. playing back <laughs> in. It was a triple overtime right. game. We wanted triple overtime to put us in the Elite Eight, I think. Okay. So I guess that was a sweet sixteen game. If it was if, but it was Yeah, because Well, ev- it was that round. There was no Yeah there wasn't wasn't sixty four. Well this teams. is one of the things that gets
0: lost a little bit in with time, is that Role made I mean everyone talks about the eighty five championship, but his teams made Got, they
1: got to the Elite Three, Eight numerous times. Yeah, number of times. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, it, yeah. like Villanova was like a powerhouse in, yeah. the, in the 80s. Yeah.
1: So they had they had a guy named John Siseis on that team, was mm-hmm. a walk-on. Um, Aaron Howard was on that team. Uh, Stu, Mike, and John, who wound up being the seniors my uh, freshman year, were on that team. Um, I don't think Sinkowitz was there. I think he was already gone. But there was a bunch of guys that uh, that, that played on that team. That was a really, really good team. Mm-hmm. You know, anchored by you know John and Stu, really. You know, oh, oh, and then I think was I think that was Eddie's freshman year, must have been. It, it I were, think it was Eddie, Eddie, Gary, and Dwayne's freshman year. So Hap, Hap was on that team. Because eighty-five
0: was Eddie's senior year. Yeah.
1: yeah. So it had to be had to be Eddie's freshman. 82, year. Eighty-two, yeah.
0: it would have been eighty-two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it was so it was Eddie, Gary, Dwayne. You know, so all guys that I was going to be playing with. Right. You know, and. Uh, so it was great. That was a great experience to see that. That was my first real live Villanova experience, you know. And so, and then, and then it went from there, and we wound up on campus.
0: So let's talk about the time, kind of in the program, and uh, and the schedule,
1: because. And look who's calling in right now, Ed. Oh Pickney. my goodness! As, as really I wild. just mentioned his name, literally my, on
0: the podcast as we're recording, yeah. like Ed Pickney's calling. Chuck, Right now, yeah. yeah. so
1: well, that just tells you how close we all are. Yeah,
0: so, yeah, that is absolutely wild. That's awesome. <laughs> it's pretty funny.
1: I, you couldn't have timed that any better. No, it's
0: <laughs> no. really pretty good. No, I'm yeah. I'm actually skeptical. I'm thinking that you tell them like, "Hey, uh, I didn't, I didn't say call me word. at call me at noon. I'm going to be on this podcast." Yeah, my living. wife like changed the contact. Oh, I had yeah, that's that's yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, That totally threw me for a loop for a second. Uh, but the. But your time at Villanova, one of the things that I, that I'm so interested in is that these guys now like talking to them like their schedule is so regimented. even in the summer, it's like they got they got six to like basically six to like 10 o'clock at night. yeah their schedule is just set. yeah and they're, they got class, they got they got a workout, they got the gym workout, they got practice, mm-hmm. they got video, they got a bunch of things. Was it the same regimented schedule back then? Pretty
1: much. Um, you had to master time management, otherwise you were done. Right. And so my first semester at Villanova, I had a real problem with that because you'd get out of practice like sometimes cl- real close to six o'clock, and the pit closed at six. That's where the, the cafeteria was. I don't right. even know if it's still. Oh no, it's they still, still the, call pit. That yeah. the pit. It looks yeah. a little bit nicer. Yeah, it's know, a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, so we would sprint to get to the pit, and uh, the difference one of the differences is with Jay's team and with our team. We were we were students first. I mean, not that Jay's guys aren't. I don't want to make any you know mistake about that. Right. But those guys don't eat all the time with the student population. We would go down, and if you had a friend on the hall or something, they I would tell them be there as close to six as you can if you want to hang out and have dinner with us. You know. Jeez. So we would we would like sprint to to get there. You know, right. And then and then you come back to your dorm. And that's when all the idiots are are out in the halls, you know, and all the all the stuff is happening. And you get involved with that. Next thing you know, it's 1130 and you didn't do the paper that's due tomorrow. And you go, oh, my God, I got to get this done. (laughs) Right. So. So um, I had to go see uh, Dr. Helen Lafferty and she actually saved me. She put me on a schedule. She even built in time for, to watch Mash because that was kind of our show back then. Right, right, you know? yeah, yeah. So she—that tells you how old we are now. <laughs> but um, yeah, she would. She built in a schedule for me. If she didn't do that, I—I I don't think I would have made it because it was like too easy. There's, you know, mom and dad are not there. You're out on your own for the first time, really. Right. You know, and I tell this to kids that I was coaching too. I mean, listen, it's—it's it's not what you think. I mean, you think you're going to go there and you're playing basketball and you come and go as you please. It's a job. They own you for the time that you're there. And um you're gonna give them every single thing that you got. They're gonna get everything out of you. So I told my daughter and I told other other kids that I coached, you gotta get more out of the university than they get out of you. Mm-hmm. So so and you have to have more of an experience than just basketball. You know, you you gotta take advantage of what everything the university has to offer and get a full college experience and don't room with a teammate. You know, room with somebody that plays sports but plays something else, yeah. you know? Gotcha. So there's no bitching and complaining. So, like, in other words, if, if, Wy- if Wyatt and I roomed together and Wyatt was playing more than me... It might not be a real good relationship. Right. You know, yeah, luckily, yeah. we both didn't play for a while, <laughs> so uh, we both didn't. There was nothing really, uh, yeah. you know, to complain about. So we were, we were, you know, we became uh, yeah, great middle, friends, like, and still our best friends today. Just
0: he won't even know. Just a pillow over the head. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yep.
1: <laughs> so and and those rooms in Sullivan are not exactly gigantic. You guys have been there. You oh know. yeah, oh yeah. yeah. It's remember. like a jail we cell. Yeah. I was say. Well, we li- I, we lived there. We had uh, we had seven foot bunk beds.
0: Yeah, that's terrible.
1: That's the only way. That's the only way we could pit, fit everybody's right. all, all his bodies in there. All it, was, right. you know. it was
0: a tiny room. I'm five seven. It was a tiny room for me and my five foot eight roommate. I couldn't imagine you two guys. Oh yeah, that's man. Absolutely insane. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, You just and,
1: stand we, never up thought, and we never thought we never thought anything down. about it. Just went you know, just went through it.
0: You know? Right. who got the top bunk? He did. I wouldn't sleep up there. <laughs> <laughs> so. Talk us through a little bit about – tell us a little bit more about uh, Coach Mass Um, because my understanding is that Jay coached with him, but it was post the 85 championship. Like, Jay kind of was an assistant with him, like, later on. And I feel like Jay's picked up a lot of what Coach – like, a lot of the groundwork and foundation that Coach Mass set. But I feel like to – and we're going to keep coming back to this – to a lot of of our listeners are probably more younger alum – are kind of all, all hear the legends but don't get the story told all that often yeah, and don't get yeah. to, and don't don't really have a feel for everyone's personality and everything so yeah
1: well first of all um he was a very fiery guy with his italian heritage and all he got excited yeah. very easily <laughs> right both positively and negatively so mm-hmm. if you made a mistake uh you were on the wrong end of it that that's a problem <laughs> right and if you got too excited sometimes that could be a problem so it was it, it, and you know i hated he would have the when i we talked about camp so he'd have all the long island guys come out the coaches come out so that was his time to, to shine so he's going to show like the, i'm the long island guy on that team right and uh, so he's going to show everybody that you know so anything i did he was he he, was, <laughs> he rode me all the time i hated when they came to practice because they would call me and say hey we're coming this weekend i go no i hate <laughs> it. so um so I remember I was struggling, and I turned and uh, made a move, and I dunked the ball in practice. And uh, I went past Ed and dunked the ball, so I pumped my fist, you know, to get get myself excited. Because yeah. you're playing on the on the second team, you, you're going against the first team, and your job is to push the first team. Right. You know, by playing hard and all this other stuff. It's just like it is today. So... Um, so he he stops practice and he jumps on my back and he's riding me like I'm like I'm a horse. <laughs> These guys are all laughing. He's pumping his fist. Yeah, yeah, you finally did something. <laughs> he's, you know, he's killing me. And this would go on like all the time. Like yes. with, so, um, but at the same time, I got killed by this guy. I also he also gave me a hug and told me, hey, everything's good. You're gonna be fine. Everything's great, and all the stuff, um, the family. You know, a lot of teams. You anybody could say, Hey, we're family, we're family, we're family. Yeah, okay. But are you really? Right. Like like when things are tough, when things are down, are you really family? I mean, we literally he lived down the block from school, maybe a mile down the road on Ithan on Avenue. And right. I'd walk down and just walk in the house, put the TV on, sit on the couch and look at Mrs. Mass and go, Hey mom, what's for dinner? She goes, right. Oh, you're staying? Yeah. Okay, we're putting the pot on now. Okay. Right. You know, it was like that. You That's know, amazing. and uh And he took those things, you know, the loyalty about being loyal, about um, the family stuff, about, you know, sticking up for each other, about bringing guys back. He was great at bringing guys back that played for him. Right. I never met guys like Paul Arizon and and Chris Ford and um, Howard Porter and, and guys like that at that time. Jay took all those values and kind of took it to another level and polished them up, kind of. Right. You know what I mean? So now Jay comes up with, we play for those who came before us, but we've already done that. Mm-hmm. You know, like Jay will talk to you about all the guys that are teaching the younger guys. Like on his podcast and stuff, you hear him talk about, well, these guys learn from these guys and these guys learn from these guys. So, so John, Stu, and Mike were those guys for us, you know? And John, in particular, you know, we're a practice. And, uh, uh, we, and and it's and it's grueling, you know, because but there was no there was no time limits like there are now. Like there's different conditions and time limits and stuff. Right. It's a little different. So they were kind of grueling back then, and we didn't have um, some of the recovery methods that they use today, like mm-hmm. ice baths. Nobody was taking an ice bath. Nobody was doing you know, no, these was moon boots that squeeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 doing yeah, yeah. It, you know, so um, you didn't have Coach Shaq? No, we did not. We had no strength coach. <laughs> right. In fact, it's funny you mention that because. We worked out behind the Jake Nevin. It looked like somebody had a fire, and there was a <laughs> a, a trailer, right. and there was something in there called a Nautilus equipment. You ever right. hear yeah. that? Uh, yeah, 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 of yeah. He, yeah. Nautilus equipment. There was a there was a enough for a a whole circuit. So there's maybe six pieces of equipment, right? And you got 15 guys that are all big guys, and we're all in there. At six o'clock in the morning, going through workouts right. oh on Nautilus equipment. That's and we won a national championship with that weight room. That was our, you <laughs> know, right, right. I mean.
0: But that was before kind of like the arms race in college. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: But uh, like he would, and so, um, what was I saying? So, so with 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 coach, he did all that stuff. He brought John and those guys back, and they were the leaders, and you learned from them. Mm-hmm. So we're at practice; it's a grueling practice. And John uh, grabs a rebound, and I went to smack the ball out of his hands, and I, and I hit him on the forearm like a real hard whack. He turned around and elbowed me in the chest. So I spun him around, and we're, we're ready to go, <laughs> you know? Right. And right. I lost my mind for about 30 seconds, because yeah. there's no way he would have killed me. There's, yeah. there's absolutely no way that I would have came out of that alive, right, you know? Right, right. Because John was an animal, right, you know? Right, right. And... Uh, and coach jumps in and grabs me and he's pushing me back and he goes, "Are you crazy? He's gonna kill you." <laughs> you know, "Are you nuts?" I go, "Yeah, I get that." Yeah, okay, good. Thanks for coming in here. You know, thanks. So, uh, so we're finished practicing. And John is just beating the crap out of me every time I turn around. He's hitting me. You know, he's lumping us up. You know, right. And so, um, <laughs> so now I go downstairs and I go, "Okay, I, I got." He's the captain. I, I got to go up to him and, and say something. I mm-hmm. can't not say nothing. I like, go, hey John, I'm really sorry about what happened up there and you know, got a little crazy and he said, uh, hey listen it's okay, we're down here now, everything's cool. I said, alright. He goes uh, in fact, you and I are going out tonight. We're going to have that in, in the bottom of Sullivan Hall, there was a pizza parlor. I right. don't know if you guys knew that. Oh, no, I did not. In the know basement, that in the basement of I Sullivan knew Hall, that there
0: was a, there was always like a keg a keg party in barley. Oh, oh in no, Bartley. there was
1: one in in Sullivan too oh, at okay. Mass. Right. Well, I forget the priest's name that used to have the Mass there. But if you went to Mass, you got to have the keg after you go to Mass. So what? it was packed on Sundays. This
0: is wow. This is like I feel yeah. like I, I really missed out. Yeah, Jeez. you did. You did.
1: <laughs> the pizza parlor was there, and it was open till like eleven o'clock every night. Okay. You no know? So we went down and had, you know, pizza or whatever, soda. And, he, and he's talking to me and he goes, like, you're, you're enjoying this? You know, I'm like, yeah, everything's great. Thanks, I appreciate that. He goes, look. He goes, listen, what happens on the floor happens on the floor. He goes, we come out here and we're, we're brothers, we're, we're teammates, we're all that stuff. I said, okay. I said, I appreciate you saying that because I was a little nervous that you yeah. might be, you know. He goes, no. He goes, but tomorrow... When we step over the line, I am going to beat the <laughs> shit out of you. And I went, "Oh." He goes, "Yeah." And then tomorrow after practice, we're fine. Yeah, yeah. Next day, be ready because it's on again. So mm-hmm. it was it was a valuable lesson right. that I learned. And then we we got to pay that forward.
0: Yeah.
1: As you go through, like Mark Plansky came out of Boston area, mm-hmm. and he was a little bit he was a little bit full of himself. I, you know, Mark Mark is a great guy. I love Mark. You right, know, right. Mark's a great guy. He's one of my best friends. and But Mark was a little full of himself. So uh, Conley Brown, myself, and Wyatt Maker got tired of, of hearing about him and all this stuff. So at practice, there's no fouls in practice. Right, right. Understand? There's no ref calling. There's no the referees. the whistle. And we did something called bump the cutter. So if he had to come through, cut through the lane, he, got, he went through a gauntlet. Right. He got lumped up. You right, know? right, right. So Conley Brown would come to practice and he goes, uh, listen... Uh, it's on today. And he would put a mouthpiece in his mouth. I go, oh, man, oh, I feel bad for Mark. Because <laughs> he would come through and, and we would just, every time, just guys would hit him with bows oh, and everything. He'd come through the lane. And and coaches like, Mark, will you get to the damn spot? He goes, I'm trying. They're, they're bumping me off. <laughs> so, you know, we would lump him up. And then finally he, he figured out what we were doing. And he goes, I get it, guys. I, I'm sorry. And yeah. then Mark paid it forward to Gary Massey. Right, So Mark right. would tell you the story about how he, so, and in, in, in you, you're you learning from the older guys, and you pass it on, like, right. through, through year by year by year, the same way you hear the current guys talk about what they did. So Jay took all of those items, those things that he learned from Coach, and kind of polished them up and made them his own. And and now when you talk about playing for guys that played before you, now you're meeting everybody right. who played. And you that's
0: know, that's really like the family. That's like a family thing because no awesome. one no one gets at you like a sibling gets at you.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. Right.
0: But if but if someone crosses your sibling, yeah, well, forget it.
1: Well, yeah, like if we could make fun of like CB, say okay, right. But uh, if you make fun of CB, you and I have a problem. Right. Well, I don't want a problem with that's you. That's my guy. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, it's it was like that. You right. Know?
0: So, so your fr- your freshman year was the '83 year.
1: 8283
0: 8283 yeah. 80, then and then so 85 was your junior. Right, I was a junior. Junior yeah. year. Now, you guys were good the whole time.
1: In you? 85 or the whole time? No, no,
0: the whole time you were there. I think
1: my freshman year team was the best team that I played on, including the 85 team. Really? Yeah, I mean cuz you still had you still had Gary, Eddie and Dwayne. Right. You still had um Prez. But you had John Pannone, Stu Granger, you know, and Mike Mulquin. Mm -hmm. you know um, that was a pretty deep team that was a pretty good team I mean in that year um, we played we played Michael Jordan I mean this was this was crazy because we were we were playing uh, we were ranked 12th and Jordan and those guys were ranked number one
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I think I've heard of him so we were going to play (laughs) we we were we were going to play I think we were playing Notre Dame and at the Palestra and uh and and the locker rooms in the palestria were just maybe a little bit smaller than the room that we're sitting in right now, and and uh, and so now what happens is is um, you know Digger calls and says hey uh, you know we want the bigger locker room, <laughs> so coach goes what this is that pregame we're at pregame meal and he's calling he's on the phone he's he's talking to him they call right. the restaurant right they pull him to the phone. <laughs> He's, you can hear Coach yelling at him. You want you know, so he goes, "I'll give you the big one. We're still gonna kick your ass and blah blah blah." He started screaming at this guy. <laughs> so then, then we, our next game, we we got to go play North Carolina, right? And we had one of the biggest snowstorms probably ever in the Philadelphia area, you know. So we didn't know we were gonna get out. And kid goes, "Well, we're down here, you know. We'll we'll take the game for you. You don't have to worry about coming. We'll take the game."
2: <laughs> right.
1: Coach is like, "Screw this guy. We're we're going." So we we get we had to go to Atlantic City. To get on a prop plane to fly down to North Carolina, okay. Wow. So, literally, it, the guy looked like Snoopy and the Red Baron. He had the leather hat, the right? Goggles, yeah, yeah. And the scarf I have, I have the vision in the. You know? yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting in the back of the plane with Eddie, and and you never seen two guys get religion quicker than us.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we were
1: praying, and we went through the snowstorm, get down there. I think we got in like at two o'clock in the morning, and uh, and the game was like at noon. You know, it was something ridiculous. Oh, so you guys and, are and, exhausted. And we had it. We had to do walk through. Right. So we're in the parking lot of the hotel, walking through their stuff for pregame. So right. we only got you know, several hour, a couple hours sleep. Not much. Right. So then um, you're
0: exhausted and have to go play Michael Jordan.
1: Yeah, at the Dean Dome right. at, the, <laughs> at the Dean Smith place, and we and we win. Right. And uh, so it was uh, it was pretty incredible. And that was you know John and and uh, and Stu and and Mike. Uh, all were were leaders during that time, and mm-hmm. Eddie Eddie had a great game, if I remember correctly. You know, it was uh, it was unbelievable. You know, so it was stuff like that. So, so
0: yeah. So you guys were good the entire time. Yeah, and then
1: well, that also not right. to cut you off, sorry, but also that was the team that lost to Five Slamma Jamma, right? We went we went to uh, it was funny because we we went to um, Kemper Arena in Kansas City. And we're watching, uh, we won our first game. We played Iowa, I think, with Bobby Hanson. Okay. Yep, Iowa. So we played Iowa. And um, Drexler and those guys are playing Memphis. And we're sitting in the front row behind the basket watching the game, you know, because you, you get to watch that game before, you know. Right. Drexler comes down. There was a guy, I think his name was Reed Reed Geddes. I'm not sure who the guy was for uh, Memphis. You know, about a 6'4", 6'5", white guy. He steps in to take a charge. Oh, no, it was Vince a- Vincent uh, Askew. Okay. It was Vince Askew, okay? So so Drexler comes down and jumps and curls his knees up and jumps over this guy's head and <laughs> dunks the ball right in front of us. We're like, oh, my God, we're in big trouble. <laughs> we're in big trouble, you know? Right. And then we wound up playing Elijah Wan and and those guys. I and-
0: mean, and that's like an all-time... Great college basketball yeah, that's a team, team. Oh that's my like, god! Stories are written about and they, and,
1: they, and and Elijah Juan and a guy named Larry Mishaw went crazy. And, and Drexler was in there. Drexler fouled out of the game, but they 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 gave him six fouls. You know, somebody made it, but he had six fouls, and he, he didn't even know. Like right. he knew. <laughs> so we're getting ready to play the game, and I and I know this is going to be difficult. So at that time, video games were a big deal. You know, like arcades and stuff. So we're downstairs, and Drexler's walking around, and, and I'm standing by the Ms. Pac Man machine, which we had one in our locker room, so everybody thought they were pretty good at this. Right, right, you right. Know. So Drexler says, uh, Hey, you want to go on a Ms. Pac Man game? I, you know. I said, Yeah, I'm Chuck Everson, villain over. I'm, you know, I'm Clyde Drexler, okay. Right. I know who you are. <laughs> so he starts his game. Right. He's fifty thousand points in on the first first man. Oh my goodness! So this guy's gonna. I go, hey anything. Clyde. Uh, yeah, it looks like you're gonna be here for a minute. I got to go up and get something out of my room. I went up, came back. He's still going. Right. I go, oh my god. He's. Good. I said, I get up and it was like woo woo woo. That was it. Right. You know. And uh, that was a great <laughs> so impression. Said, that was, like, was a real impression. That was Miss man getting shut down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So so now what happens is we, now we go to play the game. And they're dunking all over us, and it's like insane. So now, you know, we're all going to get in. Cause we're all freshmen. We're all going to get in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, my dad's watching the game at home, and he's got the VCR on. Okay? He's taping the game. Case I played so he can talk to me about the game. So I, I forget what we lost by. We got destroyed. Whatever it was. 30, something like that. It was something crazy. But I had uh, four points in the game in garbage time. So I come out, and, you know, so Elijah was still in the game when Coach put us in. So I got the guard. Akeem Elijah <laughs> on, so I'm like, oh yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I played him. I played him and I held him scoreless, but I, but nobody knows. I only guarded him for 45 seconds. <laughs> you know? So Guy Lewis is going to take him out. I run over to him. I'm like, don't take him out. And the guy's like, I said, I want to play him. He's the be- he's the best. Yeah, yeah. I want to play him. Right. Don't take him out. He goes, Are you crazy? Get him. Get out. Get out. He took him out. So I come home and I'm thinking, okay, you know, we got rocked, but you know, we, the next year I felt bad for John and Mike and Stu and. Uh, you know, we come home and now it's Easter break, and my father goes, "Sit down, I want to, I want to show you something." So I said, "All right," you know, I'm ready to see all my friends. I haven't been home ever. Mm-hmm. We never get to go home, so I'm, I'm going. He brings, pulls the game up, and and now the credits are rolling. Produced by, directed by, all the credits are rolling, and he goes, "You see here, you could have done this, or you could have done that. You should have scored here. You right. could." He's critiquing my whole game right, right, right. through the credits. Right. I go, "Are you serious <laughs> right. right now?" <laughs> You know, and he's you know, so that was kind of like how it was at home with with uh, with that stuff. But the, that was the uh, that that game was incredible. That they were unbelievable. That Houston team.
0: Mm-hmm. And speaking of unbelievable teams, we all know what happened next. Chuck's 1985 Villanova team going on to be the first eight seed and the only eight seed to ever win the national championship. We're gonna take a minute here. We'll be back tomorrow with part two of the special edition Chuck Everson episode. Thank you for listening. Join us again for part two. The very first question is all about 1985. And from there, it'll be just an unbelievable interview all the way home. Thanks for listening. And as always, let's go Nova.